0: hello hello welcome back this is episode three please note this episode does contain some language about death that some may find disturbing if you want to skip ahead join us back right here at minute mark 257 and without further ado let's start the show
1: Our business is called Drink Mame and we are a one-stop shop wellness. We started this year and got a store this year and it's actually been the craziest ride. It's only been six months and our business has been crazy. We're in Portland, Oregon, but we're on this street that's called Killingsworth. And if you're not from Portland, you wouldn't know like the history of Killingsworth in Northeast Portland. But a lot of the the Black people in this area were pushed out because of the gentrification. I don't think I realized how I wouldn't say uh, maybe historic or maybe like kind of like the take back the block thing for the African-American community or our African-American community in this in Portland how important that was um it's it's funny because the the shop that I'm in it used to be One Stop Records which was owned by a black man like maybe 10 years ago and it was in that same building for years. Like my dad used to go there, but essentially we're here for the black community.
0: Like what was the inspiration behind Drink Mame? You know, you mentioned some of the things you said before, but and also the health and wellness aspect, you know, how did you like, where did this idea come from?
1: I've always been into health and wellness and, you know, we went to college together, but I'm not sure if you were like hip to the idea that I was super into like smoothies and juicing and like just cooking in general.
0: The story of Sydney's father is a black healthcare story we hear far too often in
1: America. I got more into it when my dad got sick and passed away. He passed in 2018 um, due to a heart condition he didn't know that he had. So he was diagnosed with a heart disease that could have been maybe not cured, but maintained. So he would have had a longer life. You know, if you would have taken the like the 90 seconds it does take to take a blood test, you would have known that he had a heart disease. So it's, you know, that was part of the inspiration, but it was also just like during COVID when we were all on lockdown, I was bored and my job was like on a standstill trying to figure out how we were going to maneuver. And I just started making videos about how to juice and how to boost your immune system and how um, to kind of like, boost your immune system enough where like disease can't set in. Then people started asking me to juice for them. And that was something that I was like, cool. It's like some extra money on the side. That's fine. Like I'm always willing to help being an art school graduate. I made like a a label and got some bottles and was like, I'm just going to make them super cute. And like, <laughs> and like right after that, it just blew up. Like word of mouth just went wild.
0: Wow. That's like, um, Some people are like, I want to start a business. And then they think of an idea to have. And you were just, it's cool that you were just kind of like doing this thing. And
1: I was just bored. Like I tell my grandma this all the time. I was literally bored just making videos. And then all of a sudden I have a full-blown business. (laughs)
0: That's so cool. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um,
0: What are, um, you don't have to answer this, but what are some of the juices you got?
1: We have like, we have three green juices. We have one juice that that's our most popular right now, which is magical and it's pineapple mint, pineapple mint and E3 live and E3 live is a blue spirulina and it has tons of antioxidants and it like helps reduce inflammation. Um, we still have sweet talk. We have a, we have a matcha juice, which is really good. It's called wild matcha, it has uh, matcha pineapple. Um, we have an apple juice, but it's an apple ginger juice and it's, it's super good, but super spicy. So it's like apple ginger and lemon. We have like, I think we have eight juices right now and they fly off the shelves. So,
0: <laughs> you know, which one's the fan favorite, like the magical, like-
1: magical, magical, that blue juice. I don't know what it is. I, I, my theory is that it's a psychological thing. You like blue, you like Kool-Aid, you know, <laughs> uh, you want to try something sweet. You go for the blue juice. You know, and then the pineapple juice. Like people love pineapple juice, and it's really, honestly, like truly, it's mainly pineapple juice. Obviously, there's like you know, there's measurements and ways that it gets made, but it's it's pure. It's almost purely pineapple juice, but people love it.
0: Can you um sort of like take me back again? Like I just want to talk about uh, momentum. Um, you know, like. When this when you realized you could have a business, where were you?
1: Mentally, I I couldn't I really couldn't tell you, Austin. I think that I think when I started juicing, I was in my mindset was in a was in a very like um state of panic because of the times that we were in um I was still in a state of grief because grief is everlasting you just learn how to deal with it I was in a state of fear because I didn't know what was next or what was going to happen but I've I think I've learned at least personally the best way I deal with fear is just not letting fear win I think that is and it's harder to say than do (laughs) but when I sit and think about all of my fears I psych myself out but if I know my fears but I act on them anyway I'm like oh it wasn't that bad you know what I mean don't don't get me wrong there have been some times where I'm like I don't think I can do this man like this is not this ain't it this is a lot of money I just like have learned to train my mind to think a certain way or deal with fear and doubt a certain way.
0: So what happened? So, so you were like, okay, this is like, this is popping this we're going to do more, you know, like walk me through some of the facts if you can. If yeah.
1: You remember them. So my good friend, Erica Swanson, she owns a business called here in Portland called T-Bar. And she does a whole bunch of different, just like beverage uh, beverages at her tea bar. And we met her. Her initial question to me was, if you could do anything with drink, mame, what would it be? And, you know, like to be 100, 100, you get really I want to not scared, but just cautious around certain like around white people as black people because you know white people say they want to help and then they do they do stuff or they say stuff that isn't necessarily appropriate or you just have that anxiety that it's going to be a weird situation and so you know i've all i go into situations like that kind of just like guarded but um Erica was super super nice and she's still been super super nice and I was like well right now short term I think <clears throat> um I would love to have a juice shop and she was like where if you could do that where would it be I was like oh probably where I grew up in the northeast where you know the black community kind of knows like where uh, or kind of has has been and grew up in and kind of like bring blackness back to the neighborhood that was gentrified she was like okay and i want to say it was like a week later but i want—I think it was a few days later she emailed me and she was like any chance you'd be interested in taking over my shop on killingsworth because that's where she she used where she where i am right now she used to have her t-bar shop and at first i was like no i'm not ready for that and but i thought about it for like a week and then i brought in my business partner and we were like how can we do this and we did some negotiation with her and um Because her father owns the building and we did some negotiation with him. It was like three months of negotiation. And there's plenty of times where we're like, we're not doing this. Like, this is not, no, we're not doing this. We don't have, we have no money. What do you mean? And then there are other times where we're like, no, we can do this. Like, we can do it. Like, we just have to work with it. Like, we really only have to sell this many juices to make rent every month. Like we were just like, you know, after just negotiation and her and her dad being very like just awesome people and being willing to help, um, us kind of moving forward and try to maneuver through our um resources and get as many grants as possible and just trying to figure it out, it happened.
0: Most I as a small anecdote like and I put this in the notes, but most of the people I've interviewed have been have been women. Oh really? I don't think it's because there's a lack of male, I do think it's because there's a lack of male business owners, honestly, they, they are out there, yeah. but, but um, yeah, but so I, so I just was like curious, you know, if you had any thoughts on that, you know, and I also saw that when you were raising money for, um, you know, applying for, for grants and things like that, you positioned yourself as a female owned brand and um, you know, that, that seemed like it was a big, big plus for you. Yeah. Do you find that a lot of women support um, each other in the business field?
1: I, I have. So I think there's two sides of that. I think that um, I think and this is something that I have observed and I really try to not to give into is that um, women are always in competition. I don't I, I try not to give into that narrative because what I have experienced is nothing but love from other women. But I think that also comes from me also showing love to other women. I think that there is like, you know, I think women in general and like black women specifically always have our guard up. It's because this world is super cruel to women and specifically black women. I think, I don't think everybody works for each other. Like, I don't think, you know, not everybody, I like, I'm not for everybody and you, neither are you. (laughs) And so I think like, (laughs) I think that, uh, I think that women, you know, I think we we figure that out, like who's for us and who's not for us, and sometimes we can give in to the cattiness, but men do it too. Sometimes, you know, I see like men can be more moody than women sometimes. So. Definitely. But I love being a woman-owned business, and I love advertising that because I think it's important.
0: Definitely. So, so this next question um, is about like the your blackness mm-hmm. and how that is in your business or isn't in your business. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned before, you know, some of it, some of the beginning of it was like, I want black people to be healthy. Yeah. You know, you mentioned your father and um, how a simple blood test would have, could have, you know, made a big difference in his life and you wanting to maybe see that difference in other people's lives. Yeah. And you mentioned Megan Killingsworth and trying to, you know, be around your people. Yeah is there some form of your blackness that informs your business and or marketing maybe it doesn't at all it's just a thing that sort of is you know it wasn't like you asked to be black yeah. you just kind of right um and is there any correlation between that and the juices y- you create
1: yeah um when i think of juice i think of my dad was you know He grew up in the hood. He grew up in a really interesting time in Portland. And I think of his food insecurity that he had. He would buy food and store it and like just make sure that we had like food to just make sure that if something happened or we couldn't get to the store or if we got snowed in or whatever, that we had food to eat because he grew up not having food to eat. Um, He grew up eating unhealthy foods. And that's what a lot of people, Black people have experienced in in growing up is food insecurity and not enough education on how to nourish our bodies. On the other side of that, I also think that we have not been educated enough to learn how to listen to our bodies and what foods are doing us good and what foods are doing us bad. And um, so that's where that's where i that's where i'm coming from is to give that information to my people because i've learned how to do that on my own but what is what good is knowing that on your own before my dad passed i was trying to teach him that as well like you feel this way because you're eating this food why do you keep eating it and also food is an addiction we eat for taste when sometimes we should be eating for nutrition we have oil heavy foods, sugar heavy foods, dense foods, carby foods and I love it. Don't like I love those foods and I'm super excited for Christmas, man. But <laughs> but those foods like they also hold a lot of weight and they also hold a lot of, you know, bad nutrition and bad fats. But I also know As a black woman and like being around black people my entire life and my family is black, that we love something with some good taste. So when I make juice, obviously I want to make it healthy, but I also want to give some sort of taste to it. Not everybody loves green juice, you know, but if I can give you a green juice that is slightly sweet so you can get your daily greens and still feel like you ate, you had something that tastes good. That's what I want to do having a place that's specific to your people because we don't have that often and those things often get shut down or foreclosed or taken away or de- or uh, defunded. I think having a space like that, that's welcoming for you, by you, thing- by us, things like that, um, I think is super important. And so that's why I do what I do because there isn't, there needs to be, so there is.
0: Dope. Is there anything else you wanna tell the people?
1: Come drink some juice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Love it. And um, you have a website, right?
1: Yes. It's drinkmame.com. And then to order juice, it's drinkyourjuice.com.
0: Excellent.
1: Bye, Austin.
0: Cool. See you later. Okay. Guess what? You just made it to the end. You listened to that beautiful story from Sydney and about how our business started up and sort of some of our philosophies. What I didn't get to mention in the episode was that Sydney was just in Vogue magazine. So definitely go check out Drink Mame in Vogue and let's move on to the next segment. I reached out to my old professor, Mr. Justice, to send us a quick little suggestion of what he's watching this month. Justice is always watching something interesting. I figured uh, he's always sharing this knowledge with me. I wanted to share that with you all so that you can get hip to the culture. So you're gonna wanna listen up and listen carefully. Here we go.
2: What's going on? This is Professor Justice A. Whitaker. I'm letting you know what I'm watching this week. And I'm going to tell you this week, I watched all four episodes. Yes, all eight hours of Spike Lee's new documentary, Epicenters. New York City, 2001 to 2021 and a half. What a title for a movie, man. But I'm going to tell you, I am happy to see Spike's evolution as a documentary director. We all know that Spike brings the heat in his narrative fiction films, but to see what he did in this new documentary was really a true, a true display of the power that he brings as a director. It felt like a Spike Lee film, and as a resident of Brooklyn, New York, my own connection to the material, my connection to 9-11, and my connection to the experience of what the pandemic, what COVID was like here in the early, early months, it all resonated with me. I think Spike did a wonderful job. I hope all the listeners of the podcast will go check out Epicenters. It's on HBO. Support the movement. Support the films. Support Black filmmakers. Peace, peace, y'all.
0: Okay, well, that is the end of the episode. Oh, you made it. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then drink your juice. And also let me know. I would love to hear some feedback from you guys. Let me know if you like this new segment. Let me know if you're enjoying Boss the Podcast. And let me know who you want to see on the show next. We out.